This is God's word. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for this day that you have made, and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I pray that our hearts will be wide open for what you want to share with us today. That our congregation won't hear what man is saying. They will hear what God is saying. And I thank you, Father, that as they listen, hear, and apply, their spiritual lives will increase. And, Father, the manifestations of your blessings will overflow into their lives. They will literally be able to say, my cup runneth over. And so, Lord, I thank you that as I decrease now, you're going to use us to share the oracles of God so that our lives can be changed for the better. In Jesus' name, and everybody say... Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I need my clock. It's in my bag. I can use that one. You can leave it there. No, I'm good. I can see it. All right. Good morning, everybody. All right. Last week we had, well, she's she's a pastor, but we had Lisa Osteen. Uh, Combs with us, which was Pastor Joe Lostein's sister, and I really enjoyed having her. Did y'all enjoy her last week? And one of the reasons why I bring in people that are different from me is I believe we need all sorts of teachings and ways in which people share so that we can grow. If you eat green beans all your life, you're going to smell like green beans. So sometimes you need diversity. And so this morning, I decided to, uh, we had our staff retreat this week. And so one of the things they felt I needed to share was on growing up. And so I'm starting a new series. It's probably going to last three weeks or so, but it's called Grown Ups. So just write down the title, Grown Ups. And uh, what I want you to do is have your, your, your ears open and your heart receptive to what I'm going to share. And here's the thing. I believe one of the biggest problems with Christians today is that most of them are physically grown, but they are spiritually children. And if we continue to think like children, we delay certain blessings in our lives that God wants to give us. And if, I, if, if, if you and I don't know what we need to do to grow up, then we'll stay children. And the Bible says a children, as long as he's a child, cannot get the things that belongs to an heir because they're too young. It's like giving a six-year-old a key to your car. And so there are some blessings that God wants to give us, but we need to grow up in doing that. Can someone say amen? amen? And so the purpose of this series is to help us see what area of our lives that we're functioning in immaturely. 
and then we're going to discover some principles to help us grow. And then finally, I'm going to map out a plan that will help you grow on purpose so you can, so you can not only go, grow in the Lord, but receive his blessings. In fact, I'm going to share with you on how to hear the voice of God. Because hearing the voice of God is very important in your life. I'm going to share with you seven things that you can do to start growing today. Amen. That's not today, but that's in the series, all right? All right. So I want you to find two verses of Scripture. Find 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 8, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. That was 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 8, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And while you're turning there, the uh, media department is going to share a video when I tell them to, but the video is on the edge. Everybody say, on the edge. So I'm really pushing the envelope with showing this video. But the only reason I'm showing it is to amplify the point that I'm trying to make, okay? It's a movie that most of you all have probably seen anyway. But I'm just, you know, letting you know in advance, if you brought a visitor, just look at, look at in fact, just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my pastor lives on the edge. All right. I really don't live on the edge. I'm about as secure as I can be, but... Uh, there was a story about a little boy, and uh, he got in trouble with his parents. And so his, his mom told him to go in the corner and sit down. And so he went over there in the corner, but he said, but I'm standing up on the inside. That's what kids do. Kids want their way. Can you say amen? amen. So here's the first point that I want you to write down, and then we're going to read First Samuel chapter 3. Here's the first point. Children are unaware of God's voice. Children are unaware of God's voice. And I want you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And here's what I want you to know before I read the scripture. God is always speaking, but children are rarely listening. God is always speaking, but children are unaware of his voice or of him sharing. It's like my kids. If landing or heaven are watching TV... I have to literally scream to get their attention because they are focused on the television. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, I love this story. I'm going to start reading in verse 8. This is the story of, of uh, Samuel. And it says, I'm going to start in verse 1 and then I'm going to jump down. It says, and the, and the child, circle child right there. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his, his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And er, the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. So everybody, it was, it was sleeping time, verse 4, that the Lord called, who class? He called Samuel. Now, remember in verse 1, Samuel was a what? Samuel was a child. Let's see how Samuel responded. And, and the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran. Watch this, though. And he ran unto who? Eli. Eli and said, Here am I, for you called me. So who actually called Samuel? God did, but who did Samuel go to? Eli, because, and it's good and bad, at least Eli's voice sounded like the voice of God. 
And as parents, this is a side note, your voice to your children becomes the voice of God until they hear God for themselves. I'm going to keep reading. And he ran into Eli and said, here am I, you called me. And he said, I did not call you, go lie down again. And he went to lay down in verse 6. And the Lord yet called him again, Samuel. And Samuel rose up and he went to who? Eli, but who called him? God did. He says, here am I, for you did call me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again, verse 7. Now Samuel, watch this now, did not yet know the Lord. He was in the temple. He was dedicated to God by his parents, but yet and still he did not know the Lord. And this is one of the reasons he didn't recognize the voice of the Lord. So watch and see what happens. And he rose and went to Eli again, and and, uh, he says, here am I. And he says, you did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the what? The what? The child. I want you to circle child, because I want you to see something here. Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant, what? Hear it. And if you continue to read, which we'll do so, uh, Samuel eventually recognized the voice of the Lord. But here's my point. Children are unaware of God's voice. And because they are, they can't be directed by God like they should. Now you're saying, well, pastor, I'm grown. That's your problem right there. (laughs) That's your problem. Amen. Because children are so immature... They are typically self-centered, selfish, and always wants their way. I mean, I think the first word a kid learns is mine. 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 Even now, heaven's 13, Landon's almost three, but yet and still they're fighting over something. She's like, he hit me. I'm like, you're 13. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to look in verse 11. And uh, we're getting ready to show the clip, but I'll give you a, a, a little cue on when to do that. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and here's the point I want you to, to, to mark down. In order to grow out of spiritual immaturity, we must stop doing some things and then start doing some things. In other words, you got to stop doing some things in in order to grow. And then you got to start doing some things that you need in order to grow. Now, I'm going to show the clip. It's going to take a second here. Now, the clip is on the edge, but you'll get the point. But it's very dear to my heart. Okay, so y'all not ready? (laughs) Y'all not ready for the clip? It's not ready at all. Will it show at all? It will? No? Yes? So don't show the clip? Huh? Is this connected? Oh, you're trying to get connected. Okay, so I, uh, let's read the scripture and maybe by then they'll show the clip. Because if not, I will describe the clip for you. Because I'm very creative in my descriptions. First Corinthians chapter 13. I mean, yeah, first, first Corinthians 13. Look in verse 11. I want you, if you have King James, to read it with me. It says... When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, 
I thought as a child. Watch this. But when I became a man, I put away what? Now, remember, my point is this. In order to grow out of spiritual immaturity, you have to stop doing some things, but then you have to start doing some things. And I, some, I know some of you all who've, who've been saved for a long time are saying, well, I'm spiritually mature, but let me just kind of give you a, a clue here. Just like being, you know, uh, Physically grown doesn't make you a mature person. Because it doesn't. Doesn't also mean that just because you've been spiritually saved for a long time, but mean you're mature. That's just like standing in a car, in a garage and thinking you're a car. Standing in a, in a garage don't make you a car. Well, just because you've been saved 20 years don't mean you're mature. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. He ain't talking to me, but he might be talking to you, though. Amen. I mean, sometimes we wonder, you would say, God, we've been believing for something, you know, I've been believing for something for so long, and we're wondering, so-and-so is getting in it, and they just kind of started, and so-and-so, we kind of get into this thing where we start comparing. You know, we compare one to the other based on what we're believing for and what we want to get. And we've ne- sometimes we never, we, we blame it on the devil, and we blame it on all sorts of things, but we never really kind of see... God, am I even mature enough to handle it? Am I mature enough to handle it? Because many people want to be successful, but they can't, don't have any emotional stamina to handle the persecution that comes with being successful. Many people want to be on top, but they can't even be alone right now as a single. They got people streaming in and out of their bedrooms at night, and they can't even be single and, and holy for one week, but you want to be on top. Well, it's lonely at the top. So if you can't be alone right now, you're not going to be able to handle success being alone then. So there are certain things that come our way and certain dreams and desires we have. And we don't even say, God, am I mature enough to handle it? What happens when the cost comes? When it's time for me to pay for the dream I have, pay for the call on my life, pay for the, the thing I'm believing for? What happens then? Am I going to fold? Am I going to, to, to be like a kid? Or am I going to be able to be grown up and mature enough to handle it? So some things escape us not because it's the enemy. Some things don't escape us because it's not the will of God. Some things escape us because we're too immature to handle it. Exactly. So I want you to write down the definition. When you look that word child up in that verse, when he said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I did things as a child. The word child, there has uh, many definitions, but all of them are powerful, and that's why I want to share them with you. First of all, it means an infant. Paul said, when I was an infant, I spoke like an infant. I acted like an infant. It also means a minor. Now, when you're a minor, you can't go into the alcohol store and buy liquor. Right? Supposedly. Supposedly. How many buy liquor? No, I don't know. It also means a simple-minded person. It also means, watch this, this is for real. It means an immature Christian. So let me just go back. He says, when I was an immature Christian, I spoke as an immature Christian. I understood as an immature Christian. And I thought like an immature Christian. It also means a baby and it means childish. So they said they're ready for this clip. Are y'all really ready for the clip back there? Y'all ready? Shoot it. Here we go. Amen. 
Just hit that twice. Just hit the blue twice. Oh, hit the blue twice. This was past the sorrow too. Just hit, blue, hit the blue twice. <laughs> there you go. Mommy, I want some milk. Oh, sure, Angel. Come here. I'll give you a little something. <laughs> Slow down, honey. Not such a big gulp. You're going to get a tummy ache. <laughs> Your son is so cute. How old is he? Oh, he's uh, 48 months. That's four. Yeah. We meant to stop last year, but um, he likes it so much, and we don't like to say no. Oh. Hey, sweetheart, could you use a fork, please? No, 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 no! Looks like she didn't get the memo. Thank you. Yes. Now, did you get the message? This boy was four years old, still on the breast. Four. Not one. Not two. Not three. Which is still, to me, past the limit. He was four. And then if you notice... The other girl couldn't even receive instructions without having a temper tantrum. And that's the average Christian. Now, let me read, let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. I'm going to read it in the Living Bible, so just listen to it. It says, it's like this. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But I, when I became a man, my thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood. And now I have put away childish things. I'm going to read it again from the Message Bible. This is what it says. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and gooed, cooed like a little infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. Now, I know some of you all are still sitting here thinking, but I'm mature. I'm not, right. You're thinking, I'm not nursing. I, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not a baby Christian. But see, you got to understand, life has different growth stages to it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some signs that you may be spiritually immature. Are you ready? Now, let me qualify this again by saying spiritual maturity does not always come with age or how long you've been a Christian. Just like standing in a garage don't make you a car. So here's number one. When it is your way or the highway. When you just have to have your way, you're immature. Number two. When you are too proud to take advice from someone else who knows more than you do. I ain't listening to them. I'm not going to no counseling. What they going to tell me? Here's the next one. When you reject help, counseling, or direction because you feel you can solve it all by yourself. Well, if you could have solved it by now, you would have solved it. Here's the next one. When you can't take correction or constructive criticism without falling apart or becoming offended. Wow. You know, even in a volunteer situation, sometimes you're, you're volunteering a kids ministry or a praise and worship or wherever you're volunteering. And maybe you didn't show up on time or they're bringing a correction to you and you're like, well, I'm volunteering anyhow. I don't have exactly. to do this. Or your spouse says something to you and they get the silent treatment. For days. 
Here's another one. When you are experiencing the same problem for years and refuse to get help. Here's another one. When you consistently don't listen or respect authority. Because kids don't respect authority. That's why you have to whoop them. (laughs) Amen. The Bible says, spare the rod, you spoil the child. Here's the next one. When you throw temper tantrums because you did not get your way. You upset with everybody now. Here's the next one. When you have been told what to do, when you have to be told what to do all the time. You have to always have some type of supervision. You can't be trusted to do it on your own. And some of you all are wondering why have not I got promoted. It's because you sit at your desk all the time and talk on the phone to your friend. You're on Facebook updating at 1 o'clock, 10.35 a.m. If you're on Facebook at work, then, you know, you might not have a job for long. (laughs) Unless you work for Facebook. (laughs) Here's another one. When you know what to do, but don't do it. Here's the next one. When what you are going through is always somebody else's fault. Because children never want to take responsibility. They never. It's always JoJo's fault. The devil made me do it. Exactly. Here's the next one. When you never take responsibility for your own mistakes and problems. You know, I recently was talking to someone and uh, they're going through uh, a, a divorce in the relationship. And the sad thing is the person who is, uh, what do you call it, uh, pushing the divorce has been married three times. It can't be everybody's fault. Here's the next one. When all you can think about is you. Even though you affect other people, it don't even matter to you. Here's the next one. When you know the word, but don't apply it. See, we think spiritual maturity equals to knowing the word. But no, spiritual maturity equals to knowing the word and actually doing the word. Here's the next one. Then we're going to move on because some of y'all are frowning at me. Here we go. When you need your bosses or your parents or your spouses or anybody in authority to see and recognize what you're doing. I want, can I give an example? Go right ahead. Just came. Go right ahead. Can uh, Miss Sam and Pastor Chen, Miss Nicole, just stand right here real quickly for me? It just came to my mind. This, if you turn around and face them because you all are so good looking. She's taking notes so diligently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So stages of maturity. When you are an infant, you're a child. I love you. You're so good. You always do everything right. Oh, oh, you took your first step. Oh, let me tell everybody in the family that you did so good. You showed up to church on time. Oh, my God. You volunteered. Look at you. Oh, you You did a good job. Oh, you shared your gum with me. Oh, that's nice. Barney says it's good to share. That's right. You're such a good girl. You didn't miss the pot. That's good. That's good. I'm going to tell Pastor. I'm going to tell Pastor that you came up with the idea of how to fix the truth. Kid's problem. I'm gonna let him know because yes. you know he's gonna reward you. You're and thank so, you for not peeing on the floor, Landon. So thank great. you. You're so thank great. you. <laughs> that's the first stage of, 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 um, of, of, of life. You know, that's the first stage of life. That's infant to, baby. To church here. and 
oh, you're always in the nine degree pastor because he needs to know that you're showing up at church, right? It's just been six years and you're still in there every day. Oh, you're so good. All right. Oh, wow. I know that one was oh, tough. Man. I'm just saying the truth. That is how it goes. You got to always be approved and affirmed and noticed. And can nobody else fix this person's problem? They call the office. They don't want to talk to nobody but the pastor. Right. I need the pastor. I want my mommy. What you need the pastor for? I yeah. want mommy. No, I don't want to go. This is Landon this morning. That's I'm right. I'm telling you. No, Mr. Bruce. No, I don't want to go follow me. I want my mom. Why do I have to? I don't want to. Why? That sounds just like it. This is Landon this morning. Landon, sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do because we need to do it. Right. So you're going to go in there. Miss Amber is waiting for you. But I want you. <laughs> I want you. The second one is, and you've been doing such a good job. You know, I'm so proud of how you're starting to solve problems. You're doing a really good job. <laughs> doing really good. Da, 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 da. Every now and then you can come and proud of you, proud of you. And then there comes a stage of maturity that a person, you can just look at them and go. Or watch this. You don't even have to say They nothing. know what they do is as unto the Lord. So they don't need praise anyway. They don't need it because I'm pleasing God. He knows what I'm doing. He sees where I'm at. He knows my heart. He knows I'm working my brains out. So guess what? Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It doesn't come from my boss. It doesn't come from my pastor. It comes from God. Man, that's good stuff right there. Amen, amen, amen. How do you know when you're a child, when God's way is not priority in your life? Amen. amen. So let's look at now. I'm, gonna, I'm only going to give you one principle this morning on how to start being spiritually mature. Now, just let me just say this too. When you're a baby, you are dependent on your parents. Right. Then people hit the teenage years and they think they know everything. Everything and nothing. Can't nobody tell you nothing. nothing. <laughs> okay. And so now they, they, start de- they start from being dependent to independence. I don't need nobody. I don't need your help. But see, a mature Christian goes from being independent to interdependent. Because we're all part of the body of Christ and we all need each other. See, here's the thing. When you're, when you're an infant and a toddler... You process out of what you don't know. Right. So we have to teach you what to know. You know, you, when you're a parent, you have to teach your child the boundaries. No, you don't touch electrical sockets. You don't touch that. They don't know that yet. So they function out of just impulse. And they function out of ignorance. And emotions. Right? Ignorance and impulse. That is an in, that's a child. But when you're a teenager, now you, you function out of emotions. When you're, when you're in the middle school years and the high school years, you start functioning out of your hormones and your emotions. You know what to do, what is right, but what you want to do, it seems even more right. You know, it was when I was a teenager at 13 that I ran away from home. Not when I was five, because I couldn't feed myself at five. I couldn't leave. But at 13, I figured, I know more. I can feed myself now. I, I know how to take the bus. I know where to go. So I think I knew what I didn't know I didn't know. Let me, let me give you an example. Okay, you work on a job. How many have a job? Let me see your hand. Okay, good. And you go to work and your boss cusses you out. And you decide that day, 
after they cussed you out to quit. You haven't talked it over with your spouse. You haven't prayed about it. You ain't got no wisdom. You quit and now you're begging for God's sufficiency. Lord, I need money for my light bill. Well, you, he didn't tell you to quit. But see, emotions are saying, you know what? Uh, I'm upset with my spouse, so you know what? They know they shouldn't have done that. And I'm not, and you know, and we know, and we all know. Well, what you don't know, you're functioning from your emotions. I don't understand this heat miser voice that you (laughs) That's my creativeness coming out of me. Okay. So you have dependence independence and interdependence so go back to first samuel quickly go back to first samuel because i'm going to point something out to you in verse nine chapter three first samuel chapter three and then we're going to look in verse nine i'm going to show you uh this principle and here's the first thing that you have to do to grow spiritually you have to be able to receive instructions you have to be able to receive instructions. And li- listen what happened with Samuel. Verse 9. This is why I didn't read it. It says, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down. And it shall be if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for my servant hear it. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then answered Samuel and said, Lord, Thy servant hear it. In other words, Samuel had to receive instructions in order for him to hear the voice of God. Amen. So, what a, here's the first thing, uh, and you can just write down this verse because I'm, I'm going to read through them real quick. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man and he will yet be wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. In other words, instruction is designed to help you grow. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 20 and 21 says, Hear counsel and receive instruction. Everybody say, receive instruction. And then it says, You shall, uh, you will be wise in your latter end. There, may, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that, that, that shall stand. And then I'm going to read Proverbs 10, 17, and then we're going to close with 2 Timothy chapter 3. So go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to look in verse 16, and then I'm going to read this verse, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17. It says, he is in the way of life that keeps instruction. But he that refuses instruction or reproof, he errs or makes mistakes. And so in order to grow spiritually, in order to get out of spiritual immaturity, you got to learn to receive instruction. And you know what? I had to get to the point where I, I, I couldn't listen to how the person was saying it to me when they said it. Because see, what the, the way they may say it may not be godly. I mean, I would say that to pastor all the time. I'd say, you know, the way I would like you to communicate with me is the sandwich effect. I want you to tell me all seven things I did right first. Then just put one wrong thing. Then come back with seven more. So because, you know, psychologically. And I would come up with all these kind of things and say, and he said, but was there any truth in what I said? I said, but what I'm saying is, 
um, you don't do the same thing you're correcting me on. And he'd, and, say, I would say, and he'd say, but you need, to cur- you need to bring that up on your own time. He said, you're only bringing it up when I bring up something that you need to right. correct. All of a sudden, you can find something I need to correct. Mm-hmm. And I would say, uh, she, didn't, she didn't have mm-hmm. no problem until I brought something up with her. Yeah, amen. That, right. And then, then, I would, and then I would know it's true. So I'm trying to like, dodge it. I'm trying to dodge the, the bullet. So I know it's true what he's saying. So what I don't want to do is make it true. So I try to find what he's doing wrong. And then when that don't work, because it normally doesn't You tell it on yourself, girl. Yeah, that don't work. Then I said, well, how you said it? You should have said it a different way. If you said it differently, I could have received it differently. <laughs> how you give it is how I'm going to receive it. He, he's like, babe, that is, that don't, it's not regarding re, re, um, correction. The Bible says correction at no time feels good. Right. It never feels good. So we're, you're never going to feel good in correction. So just hang it up. Anytime there's a correction, there's no warm and fuzzy feelings. It's just your, your maturity and your wisdom knows that I need the correction. I'm going to take the correction. I'm going to do better with the correction. But there's no warm feelings that goes with correction at any time. Nobody goes, oh, correct me, correct me, correct me. It, it doesn't happen. So just say, I'm not going to feel good about this, but you know, I'm going to be better ask, in the end. Ask yourself, is it true? And if it is, just swallow it. Ooh. I want to change scriptures. Go to 1 Corinthians, I mean 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll close right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Because here's the thing. You can't receive man's instructions until you're able to receive God's instructions. You can't submit to man until you are submitted to God. See, when people come into my office and they think they're going to talk about the problem right away, I don't let them talk about the problem right away. Because first, I want to know where their commitment level is with the Lord. Because if their commitment level is not where it needs to be, all I'm going to give them is biblical direction and instruction. So if their relationship with God is not where it needs to be, they're not going to listen to me because right now their level of commitment, they're not even listening to God. So I ask him first. You know, I have different levels. I'm going to go through that. I'll do that maybe next week. Let's read the scripture here. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 4 so we can shut it down because we're out of time. Praise the Lord. All right. Watch this. Watch what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8. I'm going to read verse 4 and 5. He says, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Verse 5. And, they, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first. Everybody say first. first. When did they say? First. first, they gave themselves to who? They gave themselves to the Lord, and then they gave themselves unto us by the will of God. It's very difficult to submit to any authority if you're not submitted to the authority. Do you know I can't tell you what to do if God can't tell you what to do? Do you know you're going to always have problems with what your boss says to you if you're not submitted to God? Because the scripture says all authority has been given by God. Now, he didn't say how that authority acts was given by God. He says all authority. And when you respect authority in your life, it puts you in position. Watch this now for people to obey your authority. And so to grow up. Spiritually, because we have some babies in here, but you don't know you're a baby 
but you're soaking right now in your relationship. Still sucking your thumb. Some of y'all still on the pacifier. You know what a pacifier is designed to do, right? Keep you quiet. And so watch this. Some of you all, the only thing that's going to keep you quiet is if they give you your way. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right here. Soon as you don't get your way, man, I tell you what, it was a sad day. (laughs) I mean, seriously. So here's my question to you this morning. What area, because see, you can be mature in one area and immature in another area. See, all you have to do is look at what areas you're struggling in, and that's probably the area you're immature in. Come on now. If you're struggling in your relationship and it's consistent, somebody, or maybe both, are immature. But she cussed me out, so I cuss her out back. What, what, what? First of all, you shouldn't even be cussing. And then you want to justify your cousin because she cussed you out. So you can be mature over here. But then get over here. And, and, and let me say this and I'll close with this. Because I got a lot to say. But I got little time to say it. <laughs> let me, let me, I'm out of time. So <laughs> listen to this. Some people judge their spiritual maturity based on their giftedness. And how God uses them. But God can use a fool. If he can use a donkey. Come on. If he can use a donkey. He sure can use a fool. So you can't judge your maturity by. Because if you have a prophetic gifting on you. And you can hear what God is saying. And you can tell somebody else what God is saying to them. But your life is in shambles. That don't mean you've been spiritual. But you're just you can hear God for somebody else. You need to hear him for you. So don't look at how well you can sing. How well you can administrate. How well you can play an instrument, how well you can usher and greet and how well you can teach the Bible. Let me tell you something. All that is good, but if you judge your spiritual maturity on that, you're wrong. Because, because the Bible says knowledge puffs, up, up, puffs us up. So you can know and still not do. Right? So the goal... A spiritual maturity. The first thing you got to do. I want you to walk out here with this in your head. I got to be able to receive instruction. And the first instruction you need to be able to receive is God's instruction. And that's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof. And then it goes on to say, and correction and instruction in righteousness. So the word has to have first place. And you have to be able to receive the word So that you can grow in instruction because if you can't grow in instruction, let me tell you something. You're going to walk around the wilderness for 40 years like the children of Israel did and be two miles from your breakthrough. Did you learn anything this morning? Come on, get a Lord a head clap. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.